Good evening, guys, and welcome to another huge, with a capital Y, episode of Triggered. Tonight, we're joined by my friend, conservative journalist and human events editor, Jack Posobiec, who will reveal everything you need to know about the swamp and everything they don't want you to know about Ukraine. What 2024 dirty tricks are coming and ultimately the path to victory in the next election. I think it's going to be a great interview, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. But first, there's a lot of news we got to get into, guys, including the latest insanity, the latest development surrounding the Biden crime family, and obviously, the big news about Public Square going public. I got to sit on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange last week on Thursday, and let's just say it was epic. So we'll talk about why it matters so much for the Patriot economy. So guys, just this past week, we had a House oversight hearing featuring IRS whistleblowers on Hunter Biden. In addition to Senator Chuck Grassley releasing an FBI document detailing a very detailed Biden bribery scheme. There's been new revelations about the Bidens almost every week for the past month or two, and I'm still shocked that no one really seems to be interested. Certainly not our mainstream media, certainly not the Democrats, certainly not all those, you know, the democracy folks uh, that push Russia, Russia, Russia like uh, it was going out of style. So I thought, since no one else is doing it, I thought we'd go through what we've learned for you because you're not going to see it anywhere else. Again, why I say it's so important to like, share, and subscribe to this kind of content so other people have a chance to see it. So just hit that little button right now. It paints a pretty definitive picture, what we've seen in the last week, of the corruption, right? Every week there's a new layer or a new whistleblower. Again, the silence is deafening uh, from the other side because we all remember a time where whistleblowers were beyond reproach, where no matter how ridiculous and no matter how shady their past, they were okay. Now we have Democrat whistleblowers from the IRS and such uh, who still actually believe in democracy because it doesn't feel like a lot of Democrats do these days. We've learned that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden worked closely together to sell out America for their personal profit. It's a family business, folks. My family business has been real estate. Buildings that we built, that you can see, that you can touch. Everyone knows this who's been following our family for the last, like, 40 years. The Biden family business, however, is influence peddling. You want a Ukrainian prosecutor fired? Well, you have to just pay the right people. For Burisma CEO, the right people were Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. In 2014, Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company who infamously put Hunter Biden on its board of directors, despite Hunter having zero oil or gas industry experience, despite not speaking the language, despite not being required to actually show up, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, a lot of people make millions for those kind of qualifications. Knowing nothing, doing nothing, never showing up, not understanding. I mean, that happens all the time, right? In the course of legitimate arm's length transactions, right? I don't know, guys. We used to think that they were paying Hunter a million a year for this role. In return, Joe Biden used U.S. foreign aid to pressure Ukraine into firing Viktor Shokin, the prosecutor that was investigating Burisma. Guys, 
Watch the clip one more time. I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. I remember when they said, oh, that's not a big deal. It doesn't mean anything. With the evidence that we've seen now, that's still the Democrat talking point. It just happens to be total bullshit. We learned last week, thanks to Chuck Grassley, that this cost much more than $1 million to Hunter Biden. Burisma had to pay a $10 million bribe. $5 million to Hunter and apparently $5 million to Joe in order to get the prosecutor fired. Burisma's CEO told an FBI informant that he was, quote, coerced by the Bidens into making a bribe. Again, just go back to the video that we just played. (laughs) He literally says it out loud, because if you're a Democrat, you can do those kinds of things. It doesn't matter. The CEO, Zojewski, said that even though Hunter Biden was dumber than his dog, which honestly, guys, we've seen the video, it shouldn't surprise anyone, he had to pay him in order to get the prosecutor fired. The FBI had this document detailing the bribe for years, folks, including before the 2020 election. How convenient for Joe Biden that the deep state virtually ensured this information didn't get released before he got elected, right? The other information that was out there was covered up by the deep state and the 50-something intelligence officials who, you know, like everything else, oh, yeah, it's Russian disinformation. Sure, why not? Everything's Russian disinformation, folks, except the stuff that's actually going to incriminate Democrats or when Democrats are selling out our country, we're still going to cover it up because the deep state is much more important than our republic or the notion of democracy, or anything like that. We only know about this bribe because Republicans, namely Chuck Grassley, used their oversight power to get it released. So they knew, they knew he was susceptible to bribes, they didn't care, they allowed it to happen anyway. We're now making a hundred plus trillion dollar decisions in Ukraine when maybe there's more floating out there that we don't yet know about. We could be on the brink of nuclear war beyond the money. And no one's even asking the question, is our insane America last policy? Is our insane giving them $130 billion while not being able to finish our border wall for like $3 billion? Is our stupidity, our poor decisions, are they being based on all of this and no one cares? Our press isn't even interested in asking those questions. Seems like a big deal, but I don't know. Guess I'm not a journalist. I wouldn't understand the finer nuances of those things. Or they're just all the t- on the take. They've showed their hands. They've showed their true colors. And they couldn't care less because the institution of journalism is dead. 
This $10 million bribe that the Bidens received, it's just a drop in the bucket, folks. Hunter and his father got rich with payments from all over the world, including China, Romania, Kazakhstan, and even Russia, okay? If they were making 10 million plus from Ukraine, a little country in the breadbasket of the world, why do you think China was willing to pay? Again, we know they invested a billion dollars into Hunter Biden's fund, a billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, again, we've discussed this on the show. It's not like China does a lot of investing with crackheads, okay? They know exactly what they're dealing with. They only invest when they know they can buy someone. And I'm sure that's exactly what they did. We all know it. And again, no one's asking the question, is our America last China first policies, which have been pretty flagrant as well, because China has a lot more on the Bidens that they could drop like that. Hey guys, guess what? If they dropped it, half the Republicans wouldn't do anything anyway, and none of the Democrats would, so it probably wouldn't even affect them. They should just do, make it public at this point. They should just open source it and be like, hey, they made billions and millions, whatever it was, from all of these corrupt regimes while selling out America, because it doesn't seem like the people in power would actually care, with the exception of the few Republicans actually looking into this. Joe has lied over and over, saying that he doesn't know anything about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. We know this isn't true, and we got more confirmation of that this morning. The New York Post revealed this morning that Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's former business partner and best friend, will reportedly testify to Congress that Hunter Biden put his dad, then the vice president, on speakerphone with foreign business partners at least two dozen times. That's 24 times that he's even aware of, right? We've seen the pictures golfing. He didn't know the guys he played 18 holes with, right? Like, sure. Also, Archer appears to be dodging the committee. So we'll see how it plays out. Again, it's time for Republicans to actually grow a pair and do something about this insanity. I know they wouldn't have sat back or sat on their hands when it was the Democrats blaming us because I did my congressional testimony 50 hours worth. We all know that was a lie now, but we got to look into it. The Democrats made up far more about us uh, than, than you could ever imagine, but none of that even pales in comparison. It's not even close to what we've already uncovered about the Biden cram family and everything that's going on. So again, the silence from the media, the silence from the Democrats, the silence for all those that were shrieking for the last half decade or so, quite telling. Now, this criminal scheme was being uncovered before the 2020 election. IRS Special Agent Gary Shapley testified last week that they analyzed the WhatsApp messaging showing Hunter Biden telling Chinese businessmen that he was sitting with his father and demanding payment. Shapley said, and I quote, we sought permission to follow up on the information in the messages. Prosecutors would not allow it. Around this time, a search warrant for the guest house at the Biden's Delaware residence was being planned. That search warrant was never executed because of the, quote, optics of it. Really? Really? So let me get this straight, folks. Raiding Mar-a-Lago is 100% fine. Using the FBI's hostage rescue team, the, like, Delta Force, 
The Navy SEALs of federal law enforcement, not exactly lawyers and bureaucrats, but basically a SWAT team on steroids to raid my father's home is fine. But don't you dare do anything to the Bidens because, you know, optics. Check this out for yourself. At every stage, decisions were made that benefited the subject of this investigation. For example, prosecutors concealed contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from investigators. DOJ slow walked steps to include interviews, serving document requests, and executing search warrants. Warrants that were ready as early as April of 2020, but were delayed until after the November, November 2020 election and never pursued. Investigators were not allowed to follow up on WhatsApp messages from Hunter Biden's Apple iCloud backup, where he suggested he was sitting next to his father. Assistant United States Attorney Leslie Wolf cited the optics of executing a search warrant at President Biden's residence as a deciding factor for not allowing it, even though she agreed that probable cause existed. Prosecutors instructed investigators not to ask about the big guy or dad when conducting interviews. The Biden transition team was tipped off about interviews the night before the investigation went over, a fact my FBI counterpart confirmed to this committee in a recent testimony, where the result was that only one witness spoke to investigators that day. These are just some of the examples of how our investigation was stymied. You would think that this story is all anyone would be talking about right now. The president's son and the president himself are engaged in multi-million dollar enterprise to sell influence. When federal agents uncovered the scheme during an election year and management stepped in to quash the investigation so the deep state's candidate Joe Biden could win. You know, you'd think that, but you'd be wrong. This is bigger than Watergate and it's not even close but it's not getting a tiny fraction of the attention. It's not getting a tiny fraction of the attention that Russia, Russia, Russia got, and that was totally fabricated with no evidence. Here we have piles of it from all different corrupt regimes all over the world. And instead, to muddy the waters, deep state hack Jack Smith is busy targeting my father, wanting to put him in jail for over 450 years. He gives the liberal media something else to talk about other than the Biden corruptions and scandals. It's ridiculous, folks. And until we all start talking about it, until we force them to have some accountability, this sort of insanity will continue in perpetuity. And it's one of the many reasons that Joe Biden is the second most unpopular president in modern political history. Jimmy Carter was the first, and even CNN is reporting that one. The panic is setting in. Will we see Biden replaced in 2024? Because I'll say this, Jimmy Carter could have been a disaster for America and economically, but at least he was a nice guy. Joe Biden's not a nice guy, folks. He may play one on TV, but we've seen it. You see the corruption. It's flagrant. It's obvious. You also look into his history and you realize he's none of what he's been portrayed. So that's a disaster, guys. But in better news, we're finally beating back the leftists trying to politicize business. We've seen what's going on in woke corporate America. We see the continued doubling down. Public Square, a company that I got involved with like, you know, almost a year and a half ago, tried to help grow that links 
non-woke businesses, patriotic American businesses with consumers that want to see their hard-earned money spent with someone who doesn't hate their guts and won't take your hard-earned money and weaponize it against them. Well, Public Square folks went public last week, and I was there on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange to ring the opening bell. And let me tell you this, guys, you know, there was a time where I think I would have been quite welcomed in New York, and uh, a lot's changed in the last seven years, but this one was when I was legitimately like, hey, what's this gonna be like? And we went to the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, and it was absolutely incredible, man. Like, and that's perhaps the difference, you know? Woke corporate, the CEOs hate us, they hate your values, they hate our freedom, they love the ESG, DEI crap that's gonna be a disaster for their companies in the future, but the traders on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. It was like a love fest. I mean, I took selfies with everyone. They're high-fiving, they're loving what we're doing. And then Public Square goes public. By the way, just so we're clear, with protections, okay, that the voting shares of the stock can't be commandeered by the woke you know, companies out there, the Vanguards and the Black Rocks and all of this insanity. So just so we're clear, because uh, that's going to answer a lot of questions that people are going to have. We're preventing that from happening and making sure that consumers can find the non-woke businesses and business can find patriotic Americans that want to support them. So definitely go check it out. But as we rang the bell, a chant broke out on the New York Stock Exchange, which I don't think has ever happened before. It was a chant of USA, USA, USA. It was so aggressive. So awesome and so loud. It seemed to piss off Jim Cramer, who start, stood there covering his ears, unable to even hear himself think. Check it out for yourself. Mortgage increases, I mean, the Fed. You know, Jim, percent of sales right now, new home sales are so much higher than they have been. Yes, yeah, and these guys, overall sales. you know, these 8,800, the Fed is upset about. 40% increase. And this says, listen, we are going to have more homes, but you're not going to get that price come down. Uh, you heard the, the uh, opening bell here at the big board. PSQ Holdings, they're viewing the SPAC this time. Over at the NASDAQ, generic drug company ANI Pharmaceuticals. Uh, all right. We've, you know, no, I was going to give a different key to this morning, which was Taiwan Semi. But obviously, sure. we'll come back to Tesla. And Guys, I wonder if Kramer would have had the same response to like a China chant because, you know, probably, right? Probably. You know, the rest of the woke corporate would much prefer China over USA. Why does he dislike America so much? It seems, you know, well, fortunately for Public Square, Jim Kramer's disapproval of stock usually means the company performs very well. Uh, Kramer has the opposite effect of the Midas touch, you know? Inverse Kramer, do what, short whatever he's selling and buy whatever he's shorting. You know, because on that same Thursday, Public Square share value more than doubled. Uh, actually, almost tri more than tripled. Uh, it was actually pretty spectacular. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure a lot will go on before now, but, you know, now you have a public vehicle to take those funds to support the non-woke companies uh, that so need it. 
uh, to link consumers with all of that. And honestly, other than Rumble, uh, I don't know that there's another non-woke company listed on any of these exchanges. So Public Square has over 1 million active users and is the easiest way to combat woke corporate America. But think about that. 1 million in this short a period of time. That's faster than Twitter because there's 175 million Americans and probably a lot of independents, half the country, that are sick of having woke corporate weaponize your hard-earned dollars against you, against your values. We've seen it, whether it's Target and all the others, and you see them doubling down. They couldn't care. Using the app for Public Square, you can find businesses that align with your values. So instead of buying clothes from a company that funds child sexual mutilation, encourages demonic possession, it seems, and, you know, like the Church of Satan, I mean, just the insanity that we see out there, you can't even believe it's actually going on in the world. You can actually buy clothes from a company that supports your freedom, or coffee, or shoes, but support those businesses. Uh, I think you'll really love it. So before we get to Jack, folks, a quick word from our sponsors. And I just want to thank you guys again for everything that you're doing for liking, sharing, subscribing, downloading the Rumble app, and getting this message out there. You guys are the best, and we'll see you soon. Guys, welcome back to another awesome episode of Triggered. Today we have a good friend, uh, an incredible online presence. Uh, many would call him a troll, though if you look at the things that he's saying, he actually ends up being right all of the time, I think. So uh, we have Jack Posobiec on, uh, you know, former intelligence officer, uh, current actual journalist. We're going to be talking to him about Ukraine, obviously Polish background, a strong understanding of Eastern Europe and everything there. We're going to be talking about the primary, what's going on in the GOP primary right now. We're going to talk about the dirty tricks that I imagine we are going to see coming from the swamp and the swamp creatures and what's going to happen. So I think it's going to be an exciting show. But before we get there, I want to make sure we thank our incredible sponsors. Uh, Gold Co. has been awesome. It takes some guts to support a show like this, guys. Uh, and this is a company that can help you diversify your portfolio, secure your financial well-being, take care of yourselves and your families by diversifying, by having a interesting portfolio that's not just comprised of ESG nonsense that some woke guy working in corporate America is putting you on. So learn about gold, silver, precious metals, uh, precious metal IRAs. Go to donjuniorgold.com. Just D-O-N-J-R gold.com. The folks at Gold Co. can take you through everything you need to know. They will walk you through it step by step so you can learn. But again, guys, we see what's going on in the world today. We see inflation. We see dollar devaluation. We see banks collapsing. We see interest rates skyrocketing. Take the time and take care of yourselves, folks, because it could go wrong really fast. It feels like 2008 all over again, and I just want you to prepare and take care of yourself. So go, go check them out and just learn. Go to donjuniorgold.com, D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com. And also, check out the great folks at Blackout Coffee. Uh, this is an American-owned family business, everything done here, and their coffee is great, folks. If you're going to be drinking coffee, which if you've been watching this show long enough, you know, I drink quite a few cups a day, check them out. Uh, not one ounce of service, quality, or anything is compromised, and they, too, support 
your values. You can see that just by the fact that they're already supporting this show. That takes some guts, so support those who share your values. Blackout Coffee is absolutely awesome. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash Don Jr. for 20% off your first order. I think you're going to really like it. I've enjoyed it for the last few months, and I love that they have the guts to sponsor a show like this and share our values. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash Don Jr. again to save 20% uh, and to support a great American patriotic company. Thanks again to all of our supporters, and with that, we're going to go to Jack. Guys, okay, we have the Jack Posobiec. Uh, intelligence officer, pillow salesman, amongst other things, uh, back on the show. And honestly, I think it's a perfect time because, like, I think of all the people out there in the MAGA sphere, uh, when we're talking about what's going on in Ukraine, I mean, you probably have a better grasp of Eastern Europe than most. I think well, I do the, too. Again, the, the last time we were here, right? that was pretty much the main thing we talked about. And it's still going on. Yeah. We're 500 days into what we thought was a proxy war. I think anyone with a brain realized it was probably more than that. Yeah. Uh, we have yep. boots on the ground in Ukraine now, we're finding out, and that was, you know, that was right at the time when we spoke last. Yes. Uh, you know, the Pentagon misplaced $220 billion during this same time frame. As you do. You know, as, yeah, of course. I mean, if you, you spend $601 in Venmo, you're going to get audited by the IRS, but the Pentagon can lose you know, $220 billion. But if you're, you know, or if you're the Trump organization and you guys lost. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, we misplaced $200 billion. I'm so sorry, Alvin Bragg. I, I have a feeling he, that wouldn't okay. fly. Letitia yeah, James would be cool with that, right? Yeah, they did yeah. that one for twenty-five grand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, exactly. for us. So it's like, it yeah. seems, you know, maybe there's some unequal justice under the law, but a little bit. Another six billion last week alone. Uh, that, you know, it always breaks one way, right? Oh, wait, accounting error. Oh, oh here you go. Six I'm billion. like, how do I set up a company? With, like, can I find like a Ukrainian and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. just, be, I just be, you know, you're the guy. I want to come back as Hunter Biden in my next life. Because like imagine being Hunter Biden like without the drug problems and like some brains. Like you could, you'd Making be a trillionaire. Like you could be Making the first it trillionaire. Rain. And like, and it's like, you, you got Hunter Biden, the guy who, can, can we just cut like, and not even the joke, but does anybody actually think that Hunter Biden was going into the library to read books? Does yeah. anyone think yeah. that he's like, hey, hey, do you think I'm brush up on my Teddy Roosevelt if, today in the White I House? If I was in the White House, and despite what they say online, like, I've never even done, co like, I, like, it's not my thing, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I was an angel my whole life, but that was not my <laughs> thing. And like, but if I was anywhere near even Washington, D.C., let alone the White House, right. it would have been Don Jr.'s cocaine. Right. Oh yeah. The, oh, yeah. The world, I'd argue, at least alive, the world's most famous, like, coke slash crackhead was residing in the White House when they find coke, and it's like, we have no idea. What I'd love to do, though, is just, if, if, if I were given the chance, and it's, there's some times where I, I always just wish I had the opportunity to interview you know, some of these people who are on like the other side of the Hunter laptop, right? Yeah. So it's like, we talk about the FBI, Chris Ray, we're all mad at them, and it's like, Okay, whatever. We're grilling him. I don't, I don't want to grill right the the FBI anymore. Like I want people in jail. Right? Yeah, I, I want people like, to they're, they're lying and they're corrupted, and there's and we no know. We've seen that. We saw and how many just FBI people lied before Congress. You know, whether, whether you know the, the former heads and some of the agents and the Strucks of the world and the Brennans of the world. Like these are some of the most powerful people in federal law enforcement or government, and it's like, oh, like you lie, oh, like no big deal. And we, as, 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 as powerful of, as the memes are of Comey and Strzok and McCabe and, and, and now Ray, it's, 
At the same time, people need to understand that these are individuals that have the power to lock up your entire family. And they have. And put them in chains. And they and have. they've been doing it As in January already. 6th. Yeah. All right, but let, let's talk Ukraine, because, you know, it, what I, and it's actually quite frustrating to me, like I saw, I sort of crapped on Lindsey Graham last week, because I call balls and strikes, even if it's all right. So like, the most important thing we can do is keep spending trillions of dollars. In, I'm like, for what end? He goes, the Republicans, I go, wait, 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 I've traveled the entire country. I see a lot of Republicans. Why is it that the only Republicans that support a never ending war in Ukraine that could possibly lead to nuclear war with Russia all reside in like the United States Senate? Like there's mm -hmm. not one, not one, maybe a couple in Congress, you know, the rhinos, but outside of the halls of Congress, I have yet to meet a Republican who thinks Ukraine is a top 10 issue, let alone the number one issue. So, I mean, you do events all over the place. I do events yeah. all over the place. I've never had anyone Nobody come up asked. to me at an event and say, what are we doing for, you know, are we fighting back? It just doesn't happen. And in fact, according to the latest Echelon Insights, uh, that as of when we're recording this came out this week, um, you know where Ukraine actually stood on the list of priorities for voters? <laughs> and this high. is voters. This is not Republican voters, it's all voters. Number 17. It was like the bottom of yeah. the list. And there were a couple people who just felt, like admittedly felt bad. I think we all feel bad. Like, well, my father feels and they bad. Throw it out. Everyone now, feels bad. He's like, hey, I just want the death to stop. Right. And that was a controversial position because you should he want- broke every, He broke the frame. He broke the frame. You're supposed to want every yes. Russian apparently to die. I guess that was the Caitlin Collins, like CNN right. answer. Like, what do you mean? Who do you want to win? Do you not want? I was like, no, like winning to him is like just unfettered death to stop. And well, like that I, shouldn't be a controversial position. And yet that's the position of love. What, what, what Tucker got into, I think, in questioning Pence after his trip to Ukraine yeah. recently was a very, very important issue because Tucker said something to Pence, and, and it's, this isn't even what I'm not going to say is an attack on Pence, it's just sort of that establishment mindset yeah. of, he said to Pence, what about the persecution of Christians in Ukraine? Yeah. And the Christian element here. Yeah. And Pence said, well, I, I spoke to someone uh, who's a church leader there and said it didn't happen. But he was like a Zelensky-aligned And it was cleric, like right? a Zelensky like guy that he talked to, and it's to say, do you even understand the issues that we're talking about? Do you even understand the primacy of what the Russian Orthodox Church means in yeah. Eastern Europe, the Church of Constantinople, the 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 well, background, the I mean, interplay. That wasn't, that wasn't even the worst soundbite for Pence, unfortunately. No, for him. no. I mean, and, but and I guess his, what I mean know, to say though is, career is of, or lack thereof. But that one was it. That one stood out to me in the sense that it showed. He has a no naivete. He has and no it, background. It showed like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, if you're the vice president, you, you should at least understand that, hey, there's probably going to be undue influence somewhere. If you're going well, there Don, and doing he's the, the one obligatory who kept saying, photo op. He kept saying, I, I went over there with Samaritan's Purse and I was with my wife. And then I went over again and I met Zelensky and I keep going. He was the one who was bringing it up yeah. as if he was some big expert because he's traveled there. So Tucker asks a basic question mm -hmm. about the inter-Christian narrative that's going on here. And we don't. And and they don't even talk about it. They don't point out that this is a war of Christian on Christian yeah. at the same time. So why would I want more Christians dead? 
Why would I want more dead Christians? Even if they, okay, if they have to be born on this side of the line or that side, yeah. they're still Christian, right? And so Tucker comes to it from a Christian perspective, and you could tell that Pence, he hadn't even considered that angle. It, it was, as your point, that if, you know, if you're Russian, if you're born on that side of this river, yeah. then you have to die. And because as you know, that's, that, that's not how it works over there. I mean, right, especially well, and because Ukraine, the like, lines change every five minutes over there. Well, not even the lines, but the history Right. The, the lineage. Well, that's what, you I, know, mean. That's the, what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. There's half the people in Ukraine consider themselves, you know, at least and they all significantly speak, and they Russian. Speak, they and they speak, speak Russian. And they, like, these are, it was like, you know, I, I'm Czech. And so that was my right. background growing up there in the summers in Eastern Europe. Like, you had Czechoslovakia right. when I was there. That was, Czech. now it's the Czech Republic and the Slovak Republic. What are they called? They, the, they called the Lavender Divorce, Yeah, right? but like, we had a, you know, the place that got me into the outdoors was a cabin that was literally like seven feet over the border. Like, the delineation right. of, even within the country, even though it was one country at the time, but when it split, it was like, still border. You, these are the same people. They're walking across the line. Maybe there's right. a little different accent or a different dialect, but I speak fluent Czech and I can go to Slovakia and just have a conversation like I would anywhere else. I mean, right. I'm sure there's similar stuff like that in Poland. Where, like, it's Yeah, it's, it's all very similar. And, and then so you can get to they Poland. Don't, they, that people don't understand. Because they, you know, they all have a root language. Yeah, this yeah. isn't, you know, U.S. versus Russia, and a, you know, divided by the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, and years of, like, yeah. It's not even close. And so this is where people, and, and what struck me though was that Tucker asked a basic question about something that Pence was essentially claiming to have expertise in yeah. because of his visits and because of his travels. And so Tucker said, you know, essentially, what do you think about this internecine religious schism that's going yeah. on? And Pence was clueless. Yeah. He was clueless. And so if he didn't even understand that, then does he understand the di the, the difference in the borders? The well, it fighting, also seems like he was manipulated the, into exactly. Meaning, and that's like I said, it wasn't even the end. And it's it not was a like Pence thing. It's all of them. It They're just, all like this. If you were the vice president of the United States, you should understand the way the real world works a little bit, and that's maybe show the naivete of like, oh, like, well, I met with the cleric that said this. I was like, well, especially you if we're going to go ahead and get involved in a war there, yeah. and decide that we're going to pick winners and losers, you'd think that I don't know, maybe we'd take a little time to understand it is who we're killing. Yeah. I mean, that, you that, that, that was the, right? You don't kill someone you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that, and again, and that wasn't even the worst soundbite, as, right. as bad as that well, was. And I mean, Pence, the, the, well, yeah. that's not my oh, concern. Boy. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that was it. It was just, it's over. Like, just. That's one of those clips, and I'll be charitable, right? I'll be charitable because what I think happened was I think he had had that soundbite with his staff. That was like a pre planned soundbite that they wanted to get out. And what he yeah. was trying to do, I believe, right, and this is just yeah. as a guy who's worked in politics, he was trying to diffuse Tucker's argument of saying that, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're focusing on Ukraine, you're not focusing on cities. I think that was the, that was the plan. Yeah. But where he screwed up was not actually listening to what Tucker was saying. Correct and not responding to the specific question yeah. he that He had Tucker the pre-baked answer. Exactly. So he wanted to run with it, but it didn't work with the question that was actually asked. And if you try to, if and you try to force that, and so many of the politicians do that. And like, the meme's out now, man. And yeah. once a meme gets out. Oh, it's over. It's over. Yeah, no, there's, 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 there's no like, recovery. And, and, it's, and I have to say, man, it's, we all thought that the worst debate appearance ever by Mike Pence was the time that he spent an entire debate with Kamala Harris with an insect <laughs> yeah. attached to his head. No. And, we, and we all thought, well, surely this is the worst Pence could ever do in a debate. No one could ever, yeah. you know, come out from that. 
but he found a way. <laughs> he somehow found a way to actually go deeper than the fly. And I have to say, I guess the fly was right. I yeah. guess the fly, because this, this you have, because it, the same, in the same vein where he wasn't pay, having enough self-awareness to know there was a fly on his head, he didn't have the self-awareness to know that Tucker was asking him to just do the main thing the one main thing, and this is where and people say, with, with Trump, why do you guys like this guy? He's a billionaire, he's from New York, he's a real estate guy, what, what, what do you evangelicals have in common with him? And he's, you know, your family values guy, and he's got a different track record, to, to say the least. You know, and, and et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't seem like it would be a myth. Why would you like this guy? And it's because, it's because he's authentic and because he shows he cares. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, That's I, I literally this, it. And I get in trouble for it. I, I actually say that Trump's biggest political liability is actually that he's sometimes unwilling to sh actually show the emotional side of himself. Because he says, hey, how can I be sensitive and caring here? But then next tomorrow, I got to go to China and deal with those lunatics. I, I actually go. agree with you. And like, I actually completely but the, agree with the you. The bigger problem is because I know he actually has that side yeah. as a guy that not, not just because I'm his son, but because I've seen the way he is with employees or people who've gotten sick around him, or the guy that's just had a bad break and he takes care of, like, he has that side. So it's different in terms of political liability. There are people who are incapable of that. I'll actually, we'll, let's maybe we'll talk about Ron DeSantis with a little bit of some of this. So, like, sort of incapable of that interpersonal skill or, you know, that sensitivity, but when you have it, but you're just not willing to show it. That's where the liability comes because it it, it is actually genuine. There's a you know there's an old school mentality those, to not wanting to show most that powerful, weakness or whatever you may call it. Some of his most powerful videos, I think, are just when he's when he's walking the floor at one of the properties. When yeah. he's walking through, when you, as you tell you, when he goes to Vegas with well, UFC, I was at the fast food restaurants. And then the you and see then the that interaction with someone total and stranger. And he's he's shaking at somebody's hand. He's slapping a bit. You know, he's slapping high fives with somebody. You know, somebody you know comes up as a waiter or something. Boom, hundred dollar hundred dollar bill just right off the roll. Like that's Trump style, right? Yeah. That's just a hundred dollar. And and those are the things that people remember and I remember there was and there was one that just happened a couple of weeks ago and I want to say it was South Carolina could be wrong but he was at the Waffle House and he walked in and he's doing you know and he's got the entourage mm -hmm. and secret service and, all, and there was a woman sitting there in a, in a in a wheelchair a handicapped woman in a wheelchair he stopped everything and you could tell and you know Jason and Steve are like Mr. President come on we gotta go we gotta go we got we got a time we gotta do this you know photo op we get on the plane and said he, he stopped everything and he went over to the woman in the wheelchair and he shook her hand. And you could see this look on her face that, and, and you could tell she's had a rough go. She's in a yeah, wheelchair. You could tell she had a rough go. That ain't easy. And here's a guy, uh, the President of the United States, willing to come down and just give her the time of day yeah. and shake her hand. And I'm telling you, there isn't a, a talking point or a policy point or a meme or a hashtag, anything that's ever going to be able to break that. Yeah. There just never will be. And so when people say, oh, well, we're going to do Trumpism without Trump and we're going to yeah. bring up someone else to be the new Trump without the Well, the it's baggage. not so easy. People, you, you people can't have figured that, that out, right? You like, can't break I, that. I always talk about the fast food stuff because it's like, you know, the, the South Carolina, when he, hey, will you pray with me? Sure. Like, and he, you, know, you know, and then, but what's interesting is then, you're right, they're, they're trying to, emulate it you know DeSantis then goes to Dairy Queen to try to and it's like this it's the, duel, so the, duel, the dueling Dairy Queens <laughs> it's so cringe don't try to copy 
the same thing that somebody else is doing. Don't ever, just yeah. be yourself, be authentic. This is, this, and I actually said something about this. So, so Trump goes to Dairy Queen and he has this hugely viral moment, it goes crazy. And then he, and he, and he jokes, he's like, blizzards, everybody went to blizzard. What the hell's a blizzard? And everybody yeah. cracks up. Cause it's just funny that here's yeah. a guy and he, he's known for like the fast food has always kind of been part of the brand. He's yeah, like, I mean, he could recite like, the McDonald's menu. He's like menu. the billionaire like, who like, goes to McDonald's, yeah, like, right? It's, you know, no it's one's funny. gonna pretend like Trump doesn't do like fast blue, food. Blue, well, well, the hashtag, pretend, it was like a uh, blue collar billionaire, right? Yeah. That was the kind of, you know, thing. He's got, you know, the private, you know, 737, but he's got McDonald's and KFC and, and a steak with ketchup, et cetera. Um, but him not knowing what a blizzard is so funny cause he just owns it. He just owns everything about himself. He just owns it. And then, and then when, when DeSantis went to copy it, which was just odd, right? Why would, yeah. you, why would you go see a farmer? Go do something different, right? Something, yeah. anything. And then he goes in and he, said, he had that line that he goes, well, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I've known what blizzards are for some time. It's like, what? Yeah. It just comes it, across as it's so, so weird. Bad. It's like it's so because bad. you like food so much. Like I don't. Yeah. Is this like like what do you want a cookie for that? Like you're you're like, and so it's it, and I and I think of it and it's like and I don't even mean it as a personal attack. Whatever you I like, blizzards. I like blizzards. Like yeah. my, I get blizzards with my kids in the summer because that's what you do. But you're running a campaign for president of the United States and you need to make moves on the chessboard. And I don't think they know how to read the room. I don't think they understand the 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 hierarchy that's going on. I don't think they understand that it's it's like Ric Flair, man. Well, it's Ric also Flair. it's also catering to the donor base, right? I mean, Tucker brought that yes. up. Now, yes. I'll I'll say this, like you know DeSantis didn't have a great debate because there's no clips of there of him owning something. So this, this is now, the forum, the forum. This is Iowa. the forum. So yeah. this is a week ago because you know, but there's no clips out there of him owning something. There's they're trying to do something with it, but like and the reality is like it's hard to believe and I I have a hard time even saying this because the, man, like no one dislikes the neocons more than me, but like Nikki Haley had a better day than him. She did. And like but more importantly, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, like DeSantis was like the last guy to go. So Tucker's like seven, nine hours into this thing, tired, and he's there all day. DeSantis had the benefit of watching the mistakes that everyone else made throughout the day. You remember the cone like, of silence they used to yeah. do? The cone of silence. He yeah, wasn't in the cone of silence. You almost have to put him in the box. You know yeah. the, the noise because he had the ability with a team. Put him in the cone. Of, you know, <laughs> guys better getting paid millions to figure out like, okay, this is the mistake that. Issa made this is the mistake that Great, Tim you don't made this is the mistake that you don't want to get, get tuckered and you don't need a soundbite. And yet he had all of that and all day to prepare. And I, I don't know if Tucker was tired or not, but I, I, anyone would be tired at the end of the day. So it may not be the same edge or killer uh, that you have. And not one standout moment. Like no. it would have been so easy. Like if I were him, I'd be dunking on all the guys that went before me, picking on the things that they made a mistake of. And he didn't or was not capable of doing that. I'd like to quote the great citizen philosopher, nature boy, Ric Flair. <laughs> and nature boy, Ric Flair, as my father always taught me, watching the old, you know, Royal Rumbles yeah. and everything, he had the, the most perfect line about this. And he said, you gotta be the man to beat the man. Yeah. You gotta be the man to beat the man, woo. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and, and what does that mean though? It's you must rise to the level. Yeah. And you're never gonna beat the champ if you don't work your way up the ranks, work your way up the ladder, that's when Ric Flair came in as the number three in that Royal Rumble yeah. and then went on to win, when he could barely stand up while throwing the last guy out, right? Because he'd fought yeah. everyone 
that just this year, and you could say, oh, well, it's fixed. It's whatever. He physically had to do yeah, that. He, still had to he do physically it. Yeah. had to do that. That's what made everybody love Ric Flair because he was willing to go further than anyone has ever gone before. And if you just get up on that stage and you say, okay, I'm going to beat Trump, it's like, look, if you want to beat Trump, fine, but you got to come. Yeah. You got to come hard. You got to be throwing haymakers. You got to get in the face. You got to get in the grill. Just because the establishment donors are giving you a lot of money doesn't mean it just happens. You, you don't have to go You don't do just it, right? get to like make little jokes about Dairy Queen. You yeah. got to go hard. So what do you think his policy is on Ukraine? It. Because again, you saw no the idea. flip-flop. I have again, no clue. The one thing I was a little like, it seemed like he almost just lied. To, I didn't really change my, I'm like, it's pretty clear what you said, literally, when Tucker was still on Fox. And then two days later, he comes out and corrects it. With Piers Morgan. One, yeah, with Piers Morgan. Yeah. Because, you know, one you know, one or many of the, you know, let's call it the Bush donors were like, no, no, no. Feels we, like there we, we was need a phone war. call in between and those, was like, <laughs> you know. But then he's like pretending like he never even said it. It's like, so what is his actual policy there? Or do we not actually know? Is Is the policy whatever it takes to get elected and then then ultimately it would be whatever the swamp tells you to do. It, it was so, st he, used to, he used an interesting phrase. He said, he said something about, well, if you want to do military, like do military, what is do, I mean, you're, you were in the military, what is do military? What are you talking about? Are you, like, where's your comment on, and I guess he did say he was against putting US, they all say we're against putting US yeah. troops, but the fact of the matter is that Joe Biden is now sending 3,000 US troops to the theater. Correct. Right, to the theater, right? Because I remember when the advisors and trainers, well, I don't remember, but I remember in history when they were sent to Vietnam, and this is how it started. Yeah. That first it was, 500 trainers, then it was 900, then it was a couple thousand, and then suddenly there was a surprise attack yeah. Which called was the, the Gulf of Tonkin, for the war, yeah. and then suddenly, well, we have to respond to the attack, and then boom, you have something But it's different Vietnam. because Vietnam didn't have 6,000 nu nuclear missiles. That's right. Like, that's kind of a big deal. That's right. And the fact that, like, again, the entire Republican support for the war happens to reside in the United States Senate, I'm still trying to figure that one out. And because we used, these are we people that were sent there by Americans who... Again, that's not a top 10 issue for them, and yet it's a top one issue for the Lindsey Grahams. Well, so here's, here's what DeSantis was attempting to do, and this is why he came out with the vague answer as opposed to a full throat. Like, mm. like, you contrast that with like a Vivek, right? Whereas Vivek Ramaswamy, who's a guy that, to my knowledge, has no foreign policy chops at all. Like, yeah. he's not like a Rick Rennell, you know? No, but it's not that hard either. But, but, like, it, but again, he comes in, he says, all right, here's what we're going to do. Donbass gets split down the middle. Crimea goes here. These these provinces go here. These ones, they can vote. Uh, this thing's going to be done at the end of the week. Uh, and if it's not, we're going to turn the money off. It's like, that sounds like a pretty good plan. Yeah. Right? But the issue with that DeSantis has on his hands is that he's attempting to do both where he's attempting to court some level of the realist, MAGA, America first voters that don't want anything to do with Ukraine at the same time as keep a hold of, as you correctly, I believe, uh, solved that, that question of keeping the donors happy. So how do you court the populists and keep the neocon donors yeah. in the military industrial complex happy? You kind of, well, essentially the idea is you try to not anger either side. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to basically give no answer. 
And yeah. that's what essentially he walked himself into a place where, and look, this has always been an issue with governors when they run for president uh, because they don't have foreign policy experience. Mm -hmm. This is something that where, and you remember when, when John Kerry ran, when, uh, when Joe Biden in his multiple attempts to run has always said, well, we've got foreign policy experience. We've got foreign policy experience. But to this, it, this is a huge issue for Governor DeSantis because he'll say things like, well, we need to be worried about China. Like, okay, sure, we're worried yeah. about China, but well, where's listen, your plan? Trump had no foreign policy experience, but as a business guy who had <laughs> yes. done things, it's like, well, guess what? He got peace deals done any, in the Middle East. Like, any experience if, if in any of the at DC all. swamp people ever got yes. a peace deal done in the Middle East, they would be Nobel laureates. So they they would win every prize. That was the holy you've got, grail you've got, of you've got the Abraham foreign Accord. policy. You've got the Abraham Accord. And this is what, when I, I so I had Grinnell on, on Human Events award-winning podcast um, that we actually were actually yeah. um, that we had Grinnell and we we walked through the the various peace deals that Trump was working on that could come right back. Yeah, and so because they said, oh, he couldn't get it done in twenty four hours, he could get Ukraine done in two phone calls. And we all know that because he had the Abraham Accords in the Middle East. Then you had Grinnell was deployed out where Kosovo. Yeah and uh, Kosovo, Albania, Serbia, he was looking at this. Yeah. So he would send his direct envoy, one of his top guys, obviously, to go deal with that. You know, the Balkans, just, you know, yeah, something easy, something, little, you know, okay. some, as a side job. Um, then he directly, as we all know, got involved with what? North Korea. Mm -hmm. So North Korea was what, what Barack Obama had said. Even Obama said this and l wrote a letter to Trump coming in that North Korea is the number one threat in the world. He didn't my, say My Russia, father told me that. He goes, are you sort of surprised? Right. Uh, and he and was he like, listen, about I, I sat with Obama and he's like, this is and, what he told me. And I was like, really? Like, and and, and I, can, I can kind of imagine how it, and, it, and it's been reported out otherwise. He said, well, this is number one threat. Get a guy on the phone. Yeah. Call him up. Let's yeah. get it. And then you see the letters between Kim and back. Well, and, and, but you also saw the reaction from the swamp, which was like, oh, Trump's right. doing it all wrong. I'm like, why? Like, what, why is it wrong? You've been there for 40 years and you've gotten jack shit accomplished. Exactly. But Trump's wrong taking a different approach. And then in about two weeks, he gets it done. And it's like, oh, well, and it, you know, we, we could have done that. And it's like, well, why see, didn't you do it? You can see the levers and the chess pieces moving around. And then where's his, where's his first foreign policy trip? Saudi Arabia. Right, he goes to the Middle East and he says, and this, this is what led to the Abraham yeah. Accords, he goes there and says, look, ISIS and the refugees and everything that's coming out of here, it's our problem, yes, but it's your problem first because this is your backyard. Yeah. And he put the onus on them as opposed to the forever wars mm -hmm. of the neocons and said, you guys deal with that. And I'll support you, I'll give you the intel, whatever it is, but this is your fight, you deal with the mess, you clean up your own mess. Yeah. And he put that on them. And then he said, and by the way, you're not going to get these weapon sales, et cetera, yeah. if you don't do it. Then he makes a direct pitch with North Korea. He was working on the China deal. And of course, we saw, and I was in the room in Helsinki, when he was working on this essentially rapprochement with Putin and Russia. Yeah. Because the idea is, it's very, very simple. And you don't have to listen to John Mearsheimer. I do, but you don't have to go all the full Mearsheimer to understand this. If, there are three superpowers in the world right now. There's the United States, Russia, and China. And our role should not be, the last thing we should ever want to do is to get the other two superpowers aligned, aligned against, against us, us. Yeah. which is exactly well, which what we've, we've done. done. It's exactly I mean, that's what the Biden we've done. doctrine at this point. I mean, it's whether it's from a currency standpoint, whether it's from a military standpoint, I mean, like you literally can't compete against. I mean, our sanctions backfired, made the dollar weaker and, you know, taking things away from, you know, a dollar based 
uh, you know, sort of system well, uh, this for purchase, this the, the petrodollar. You're, you're talking about BRICS. Yeah, yes. I mean, this is a disaster for so us. So you've got, you've got what, the like, G7 live, and BRICS. The, uh, the United States lives so far beyond its means because it is able to borrow yes. at, you know, at, at pretty good rates. So we spend, you know, the, that's the, you know, $20 million to Pakistan for gender studies. Like, because right. we're fucking morons. But we, we do that, and we're able to do that because of that borrowing capacity. You lose the petrodollar. You lose that status as that reserve currency, and that's over. That may actually be a good thing, not for our economy or anything like that, but it may at least eliminate some of the nonsense because we will not have the money this, to what, fund what, the woke bullshit that's out there. What we've done that's so stupid is we've driven China and Russia together, whereas it should be the, yeah. the obvious policy of, of the United States foreign uh, affairs establishment to separate them, yeah. <laughs> right? No, of course. It's just, just, and this was clearly what Trump was working on. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, maybe, you know, and, and you could see that, you know, there were some, and, and this happened under Obama too, where, you know, are there any areas with Russia where we, where we do have overlapping interests? ISIS. Yeah. Right? We all hate ISIS. Yeah. Let's kill them together. Yeah. Why not? Why not do that? Um, you know, maybe we have disagreements on other parts of the Middle East. ISIS, Middle East peace, But like our, our media and the Democrat complex created that, oh, anything that Trump did that was even remotely, you right. know, right, oh, it's collusion, obviously. They have something on him. It's like, they, I mean, they, but it set, turned out it was they actually set us the opposite. back. Yeah, <laughs> of course, but they set us back, you know, decades and probably cost us a lot in the future. Well, right, you know, so they they the accelerated Russians, the timeline for China to take over the world. Where are you going to go? You're, yeah, of course. Of course. You're going go to you're gonna go to China. And then, so this puts Russia and China together, so that breathes new life into BRICS. And then the only other outlier on that was India. And who, who, outside of Shinzo Abe, right, the yeah. great Shinzo Abe, and it's so horrible what happened to him, but outside of Shinzo Abe, I think the greatest relationship that Trump had with any foreign leader, yeah, Modi. Modi, was yeah. Modi, you knew exactly yeah. what was going, you knew exactly no, where was going. You could see it, I mean, was Modi. I couldn't believe it, I, and I, I did, so, you know, back, I did all our India deals, when yeah. we were, you know, a real estate company and stuff right. like that, I've been there a whole bunch of times, I understand how it works, and I mean, that was actually a legitimately like amazing relationship, and of course, like why wouldn't you be? You know that China's going to be the threat. Who's the pair? Who's right, the so country who, that can the actually country that balance some of that out with you know, a with, comparable size population China. and industrial capability and all that stuff? And it's India, and that you know they're slated to overtake you know at a comparable pace to China. In Which, terms by of the way, Russia understands. Of course, they this do. is why Russia is working with Iran to build a pipeline to India. Yeah. Right now, because they understand that the only way that BRICS, if you look at it from the perspective yeah. of BRICS, the only way for BRICS to work is if you balance out India and China, who hate each other. But if you can balance them against each other, then the whole thing can rise together. Hundred percent. So if we like were serious and we wanted the G7 to compete, you know, you'd you'd want to you'd want to you'd want to court India, you'd yeah. want to peel away Russia, you'd want to break up the military alliances, you'd want to do all of these yeah. things. We're doing the opposite. We're, we're, well, we're doing the exact okay. opposite. Do you think we demonize India? We're, well, we're demonizing. We're, we're creating now serious enemies. We're fighting the proxy war in Russia. I mean, do you think that even in the swamp now, though, there's an element of fatigue with Zelensky? You know, it's never enough. We're always around the corner. Every time, you know, if they take out one Russian tank, you know, it's it's changed. You know, they lose four cities, and it's crickets. You know, they take out one Russian tank and it's now it's the Ukrainian offensive. They're taking it all back. I mean, it seems like, a, I mean, this is the greatest psyop in the history of the world, but that people could watch what happened in America over the last six or seven years and believe anything that's being said. Uh, I mean, there, there's no cure for that level of stupidity at this point. So is there a fatigue? Is there a point where we say enough is enough? Or is that just the difference between the swamp 
and like what you or I may believe as sort of a MAGA strategy for so, what's going on? That's it's, it's such a good question because of course you have to, to try to determine uh, how much of this is a true belief on the, beha on the behalf of the foreign policy establishment, the blob, the State Department, et yeah. cetera. How much of this is, is, is Zelensky, um, he's an actor, yep. right, playing a role. Uh, of course, he was one of the top names in the Panama Papers, so there are questions that people have had. Yeah. Is, is he just being paid off? Is this a role? But The answer is, of course he is, he in is, a way. But, 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 you know, I really do think about those images that came out of him at that NATO summit, where that's why I ask it because it, it seemed like it didn't eh, seem, you got to be this tall to ride on the ride and he's, in, it he's seemed not like making in, it. In, we, I made the pro wrestling uh, reference earlier kind of like it, 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 there's a phrase they have in wrestling called breaking kayfabe where so that's that's sort of like if you're, you're putting on a put on a show but sometimes you break and show behind the curtain yeah those images of how upset he looked when he found out that Ukraine, no, actually, sorry, you're not gonna be allowed into NATO. Yeah. You're, no refunds, we played you, so we'll, we'll give you some money. Well, I didn't we'll, even know you played, but like, what, what does that mean? But so they walked if, if we let him path. into NATO, that's why I didn't understand the Lindsey Graham thing. It's like, we're gonna let him in and give him a path to NATO. I go, wait, wait, wait. So like, you know, I get we've been in a proxy war. I we, get we've we spent never, billions of dollars. I get, never gonna happen. I get we're, but we're gonna let them join NATO while they're in an active conflict. Like we are then obligated and obligated this, and this to fight where, a war with Russia? Like, are we out of our fucking minds? And this is where this is where I actually think the line is drawn. I think the line is drawn right right about there. It's we will, t and this is this is where I, I do feel so bad for the people of Ukraine that yeah. I visited. Yeah, that we were we were in the war zone. We were in that area right during the war, and down to Odessa, Mikolaev, et cetera. And and you see the families, and you see the people on the trains that be running around, and then hear about the human traffic and the child trafficking yeah. that goes on. And Jim Caviezel talks about it with Sound of Freedom, and they call him crazy. And then they arrest a guy the next day, stealing, yeah, trying no. to steal kids, and like actually in the process of stealing a, an 11-month-old boy. Well, I, I remember when Tim Ballard, who yeah. the story is about, he's right. a friend of mine. I, I met him in like 16 or 17, and I think that sort of de facto helped sort of get him set up at the at the White House talking about it. And they they set up like a panel, right, 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 know, like, and. It was the first time it was even looked at, like, you know, right, the, the child sex trafficking trade, and the left went nuts. And this, they went nuts that Trump would look at this thing like, like, are you like seriously? Child isn't that something we can all agree is a it, problem? And like, it and, thrives off of destabilization. Yeah. So if you can destabilize a region, if you can destabilize the Middle East, boom, then you got this, and the, you get the refugee crisis, you get the migrant yeah. crisis. If you destabilize Ukraine, boom, refugees, boom, migrant crisis, which always becomes. A, a target for child trafficking networks. So, and not even get into that, all that. Well, is that why like defense of borders is such a low priority for so many of these Western countries? Because there is that depraved element there. And if you have that, it just make, dude, there's some sick people in the world, no matter where you are. And probably, you know, it, it's evidence. I mean, the numbers are real. The stories are real. I would say. Even if it was one-tenth the problem that it actually is, it should still be a priority for us to look into. Like, I would you know, say, if they said, you know, wearing a mask, if it saves just one life, we're gonna inconvenience the entire right, world. We're right. gonna, so if it saved just one kid, wouldn't that be the same? And this and is yet, this is where I come down on it. I say, normally I would say, I would say, I couldn't believe it, I would say no. Yeah. Normally I would say no. But then I found out about Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Right, and then once we found out about Jeffrey Epstein and the fact that this could operate at such a high level, 
I think it, cha it fundamentally changes the nature of how we understand international relations, international actions. And so just going back to Ukraine for a second, that if you actually care about the people of Ukraine, yeah. you would stop lying to them about the fact that they're going to get NATO pre protections and NATO security. It's not happening. But it's, 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 never but it's so far beyond that, Jack, because it's like... All the men have to stay and fight and die against a much more powerful nation. I, listen, right. I think you could say, you know, Russia's underperforming perhaps what we all thought they would do. I uh, think they're holding back. But I think they're also holding back. I think you holding know why back. they're holding back, in my opinion? Because of those similarities. Because, right, like, Putin right. doesn't want to go kill people that are essentially just like him. But they're being forced, the men are being forced to fight that. The women if, are being sent. you watch interviews the, with The women any are being Russian sent into troops, Western Europe where they're they going to become someone's wife in France. And it's, it's like, you literally see the globalists being like, we just bought a really big fucking farm. Yeah. And that, you know, we're going to own it. We're going to control the food supply for all of it's Europe. You're, you're, like, you're, this isn't a conspiracy anymore because like we've a, been watching it play out. There's no like other the, logical explanation. The carcass of a whale and they're just, they're picking, you know, yeah. like the carrion, they're picking off no the No one's going back of, to what? Are they going to go back to a, a you know, a rubble? Uh, no one's coming and it's, back. It's, and it seems well, like. Well, no, you know who is going to come back? Blackrock. Well, no, no, that, but that's what I'm talking the about. IMF. That's what, they're right, they're right, going right. to they're own. They're going to go back. They're going to they're own going the back. world's largest farm. Yep. Called the Ukraine. Yep. You know, the men will all be dead. Mm -hmm. Okay. The cities burned to the ground. They don't care. They want the and ag it's land. Gonna, you're going to have and the women gonna, are, and it's all going to be children left to go to the Western Europe. And guess what? Be guess that, that's your that's your lab grown meat. That's your GMO. That yeah. all, all of that. The, it's all going to come right from that land, which used to be right the breadbasket of the world. The healthiest food in the world was coming from this area. A lot of that food that goes across Europe, that goes down to Africa, et cetera. Yeah. The grain deals that they keep trying to talk about. That's because this is what Ukraine is. It is Ukraine and Belarus just north of it. Um, and then Poland is just just to the west a little bit more like again across the other side of the river yeah, right? It's right there you know you know parts of Ukraine today were part historically parts of Poland even and so because you have this huge flat land this this is by the way that everybody thinks they can invade Russia um, if you think about it right because you look at it it's all flat yeah. there's no natural barrier so it, if you've ever flown over it you know you can you can sit in, in the flight and be like I think I see why Napoleon thought he could make it. <laughs> you yeah, know? you know, but, but it, it's you so know, big and so like and people just, don't understand like Russia as a big. country is it's too big. Three times the land because once the you US, get like there, because once you get there, you're surrounded by Russia. Correct, and that's and, the problem. And it's, and it's brutal, right. and there's nothing there in between. You know, yeah. thousand miles in and rough winters. You know, and Napoleon Hit learned that the hard way. And I would say, and Hitler came the closest with Stalingrad because if you look at the the geography, and not to get too yeah. like nerdy about the maps, but if you look at the geography, the Volga River, right? This is yeah. this is the heartland river of Russia. They know that it's the river. It's their all their their myths and histories of the Vikings coming down the Volga, etc. This, if you can separate the Volga from the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea, you can essentially cut off Moscow from what the Caucasus. Yeah. So if you cut them off from the Caucasus, you cut them off from the Middle East, you cut them off from their oil supply. This is what Hitler was trying to do. This is why he sent the Wehrmacht and so many people that he thought, yeah. if I can cut them out, then eventually I can knock the Soviet Union out of the war. And if he had knocked the Soviet Union out of the war, then maybe not immediately, but yeah. eventually it would have got to the point where they'd be starved out. Yeah. This was why this and that. And if you look at where Stalingrad is on the map, it's not very far from where Donbass is right now. Yeah. So we're just fighting the same wars over and over on the exact same territory. And it's, you know, from their perspective, it's just, well, the West is coming again. Oh, and, oh look, they're sending German tanks again. Gee, yeah. where here, have we seen this here before? Here we go again. Yeah. Here, oh, yeah. It, oh, it's well, just, it repeats itself. The more things change, the more they say the same. All right, so let, let's change topics a little bit. ABC News put out an article this week that it was sort of like, 
It's like as if I needed another reason to sort of be supportive of Trump. Now, obviously, I'm a little biased, but I think like, I know which way you're talking was, about here. <laughs> let me, I think I wrote it down here. Like, uh, this is the Trump's campaign pitch. Quote: Elect me to get revenge on the government. And they wrote it like this is this horrible thing. How could you? Po-? I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like that's the greatest pitch in the history of the world. Like. Who could objectively look at this government and saying they're honest dealers, that there's equal justice? I mean, it's sort of the Don Jr. versus Hunter, right? Like, it's just, no one expects any sort of level of equality or fairness. Uh, It's the greatest campaign pitch ever, and yet the mainstream media still doesn't understand that. They think, like, oh, this is terrible. Like, What I love about that headline is because... You know, and we were talking before about the difference between, like, authentic candidates and, like, these sort of, like, corporate candidates, career politicians. Um, I write my own tweets. I know you write your own yeah. tweets. Everybody <laughs> knows. You know why? Because with the amount of spelling errors that yeah, I have yeah, in my yeah, tweets yeah. and, like, punctuation, because I'm rushing or, like, and voice to text. And like, then everybody knows. I couldn't pay someone to do that. No, no. And everybody knows that your dad wrote his own tweets and truths. And everybody knows yeah. that. So the what's amazing, though, is what, about this ABC headline, it's such a perfect tweet. It's yeah. like, why haven't I thought to put it that way before? I, I literally, I saw it when, it, when it popped, I was like, screenshot, screenshot. Of course, we all like, did. Instagram, Twitter. We all did, yeah. <laughs> Just it's send perfect. it, get it out there. And, the, and there's something hilarious about ABC saying it, of course, because yeah, that course. gives yeah. you the negative effect. But it's like, it's like he could just get up there at, at every rally and, man, save a lot of time at the rallies yeah. and just say, if you elect me, we can get revenge on the government. Everybody good? All right, I'm off to Michigan. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, and people do do the thing, and you know, I'd like your opinion. They, it's, well, it's why didn't Trump do it the first time? And I think, you know, honestly, you know, coming at it from an outsider, like I, I just didn't expect people to be so not willing. Why didn't to you do win what the, the citizens war? Want. Not, why, like I believe why didn't you in this win stuff. the war in one day? Yeah, exactly. Couldn't you have done that? You got to figure day? that out. I think you know what, and perhaps it's why so they have these it's headlines so and it scares them so much is that now with four years there. You understand that system. You understand who the good guy. Like it takes a while to figure it out between the lot. You know, when you know Chris Christie's out there defending Ray. It's like, well, right. Chris Christie was the one that gave a recommendation to hire Ray because these right. are all their friends, and that's what people don't understand. When you're from the swamp, when you're part of that, when you're a congressman or a senator or even a governor, like these people have all been part of your ecosystem. Like you're not turning on all of them. Now, when that ecosystem, you know, lied to you when it impeaches you twice, when it tries to imprison you for 450 years like they're doing to Trump, when it tries to imprison your family like they try to do to me, you know what? Now, you have no obligation anymore whatsoever to try to play nice, and that scares them more than anything. When they went after, people forget the timing of this, they were going after Flynn before the inauguration even (laughs) began. They had already started going after him. They, They were running sting operations in the White House week one, week one, there were sting operations being run on the national security director, national security advisor. So for people to understand this, is look, the MAGA movement and the election of Trump in 2016 is, is, is the most seminal change in politics in 100 years. Yeah. Because it's the only movement anywhere in the world, with the exception, I guess I would say, of Brexit. Right? It's, the, it's sort of the yeah. corollary of Brexit. And they both happen the same year. So there's something, yeah. you know, there's something too, that these things happen in, you know, uh, not to go all Jordan Peterson, but Young believed in the sort of like the mass unconsciousness yeah. and all this. That I'll just say there's a spir- I would say because I'm, I'm a believer that there's a spiritual element to all this, and that people were finally given a chance and a champion mm-hmm. to fight back. Yeah. And so 
if you're going to say, well, why didn't he win every battle in one day? I would say grow up. Mm -hmm. Just be, be yeah. realistic. This thing yeah. has been around for a century. It goes back to Woodrow Wilson, and then really with the FDR administration, and then after that, the Clinton administration. Well, you look at the FBI. The FBI's headquarters is named after J. Edgar Hoover, arguably one of the most, if not the most, corrupt and creepy, of, very and creepy, creepy political figure in American history. They still named the building after him. Like this is. It's also the ugliest building in Washington. Also oh, brutal. It is. It is. A yeah, and it's like eyesore. communist architecture. Oh, it's straight it's out of. You could go to Moscow and look at like the Stalin block From the housing. 60s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you would see it. Um, they call, actually Tanya taught me the word. It's um, it wasn't just Stalin. It was Khrushchev. So they called them like. Khrushchevskaya buildings or yeah, something. Yeah, well, I saw that, like... Which you uh, would have known from Czech Republic. I, I, yeah, I yeah, lived yeah. in one in the summers when Duh, I went right, to Czechoslovakia, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm like, you're like, holy crap. You know, I went from, like, the 68th floor of Trump Tower to the first floor of yeah, a 17-story yeah, yeah, yeah. walk-up, and it was like... They're like, it was cheap. It was very oh, easy crap. to yeah, remake the it's building. Cheap, easy, and it's cheap, and it's, easy, and it's... And it's disgusting, and so... And Hoover's a guy, so J. Edgar Hoover, one of his claims to fame is that when he would go to testify to Congress... Um, he would turn the wiretaps off for about like a month before he went, or maybe like a week before he went to testify, so that when they asked him, are you wiretapping any members of Congress? He could say, no, I'm not currently wiretapping any members yeah. of Congress. Yeah. And then he, would go, then he would leave and they'd go right back on. This, this was, I mean, the FBI turned against our elected leaders immediately and then through the power of the national security state with the rest of the administrative state, we created this unconstitutional, unplanned for fourth branch of government, which, and it, it's not even monarchical because there's no king. There's, yeah. no, there's no leader to it. And so this is what, uh, what I think uh, your father accurately termed the swamp. Yeah. In, in 2016, he gave a name to it, but it's also a perfect uh, descriptor because a swamp has no leader or hierarchy. It's mm -hmm. murky. It's got crocodiles and alligators yeah. underneath it that you can't always find. How do you fight a swamp? Right, you got to drain it. Right, you have to drain it, but that takes time. Yeah, and, and, it, and it doesn't that, just go willingly. Of course, the, they they bite back. Course, they like, fight and, back, and, and, and they so, have the capability. They're willing to abuse that power. And they drag they, you into clear. it. I mean, they drag you so down. So, what what do you think of you know the Chris Ray testimony? You know, last week. I mean, that was. I mean, I, I mean, it I, I was think brutal. It was, it's like I feel like he's just lying to us. And if and if he's not, how does he not know? I think it was it was. I mean, it was ridiculous, and this was, by the way, one of the first times that, uh, which, which, and shout out to Elon, you know, I'm not always a fan of everything that Elon does, or, or a fan of all the, all the different changes that he's made to Twitter, mm -hmm. but what he's done is give us a chance to actually have free speech back, mm -hmm. and, and you can't take that away from it, and he's put $44 billion of his own dollar, uh, money on the line for that, so, like, you know, credit yeah. where it's due, 100%, yep. and so, we were actually able to community note the FBI, I saw that. That was, that was incredible. We it's got like, one over on the feds. Can you believe this? The first yeah. time in American history something like this has been done. Yeah. So when Ray gets up there, I like the grilling. I, I like the, the, you know, the, the clips and the sound bites. But I just, I'm, I'm how to put this in a, in a Jonah Hill kind of way. I'm in a different place yeah. <laughs> where I don't just want like like these these, uh, you know, yeah. these government uh, worms and apparatus. Yeah. I don't want you caught. I want you punished. Caught. I want them behind bars. Yeah. I want them in jail. I want I want to see people. Well, because if that you or things me to be in jail, did this, I'd I want be to see in jail. Them. I'd be in Gitmo. You oh, know, yeah. if, if I did Where the I Hunter was. Biden <laughs> stuff, what, any of it, you're gone. One, one little part of it, I'm in Gitmo. Uh, 
him. It's, we don't. We have no idea. What are you, what are you talking about? We have no. Well, this, you know, and this is what they're doing to the Joe Biden whistleblower, by the way. Correct. 100%. They're going. So the, the Biden whistleblower. We'll charge. I mean, this has never been done. He says, "I was on." He's like, "I was on this deal, and they were taking money from China, and it was part of the CFC Energy, and they were giving money through Hunter to give to his dad in order to achieve policy outcomes, and I'm whistleblowing." So they charged the whistleblower with a FARA violation by not registering as a foreign agent of China for blowing the whistle on the exact same yeah, thing meaning if they charge that Hunter him, was doing. He's Hunter's like partner. Yes. Like how do they not charge Hunter? Like, this do you, is like, this like, is like the guy who comes, it's like the first guy who gets the best deal. Like, no, 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 this is the guy that you give immunity to yeah. because he's willing to, to testify get to the of this against the rest of the gang and then you work your way up to Al Capone. Yeah, especially now when you're talking about, well, if that was going on there, well, is it going on in China and with <laughs> Russia or Ukraine? Because now we're talking about, you know, maybe a war in Taiwan, but you're defending an inevitable takeover of Taiwan, especially with the weakness that's showed there. But is our weak stance toward China because of some of these things? Look, is it, our aggressive stance on Ukraine be, or, or Russia because Ukraine has more information that would expose them and put them in jail? And so, like, are we risking a nuclear war to protect Joe Biden's families side deals because it feels like that could just be as plausible as anything else you know, there's an interesting way to look at it is and this, this is what i was kind of alluding to this earlier that you know i'd love to just sit down in a, in a you know turn the lights off turn the or not the lights but the cameras off the, the the microphones off with one of these chinese oligarchs ctp leaders and just say so you know i get it if i were in your shoes i would do the same exact they, thing because you if would. you want china to be the world hegemon and be the leader of To be Brits. the man, you gotta beat the be man. The man. You gotta beat the man. So what do you do? What do you do? Mm -hmm. You go and you find out, oh, US politicians are for sale? Great. How much? Oh, you pay the kid? Great, that's easy. What, uh, give him some board position on this. Yeah. We'll, we'll call it Burisma, for example, and we'll put him on the board. Yeah. And then you go to the dad and we go, hey, by the way, they've got, they've got this investigation going on. Can you take care of that? All right, you take care of that. And then Listen, China, China's the most smart. favored nation. Okay. I'm not saying they're good. It's I'm smart. Not, but they're smart. You, like, do you think that, like, can anyone reasonably believe that, like, China would invest a billion dollars, as they did with Hunter, in a with, crackhead. A, with a crackhead? With a crackhead. Like, like, you know, they're not like us. Like, it's like part of the ESG requirements. Like, right, we, need, right, we, right, need, right, right. we need some diversity with crackheads. We need to, you know, expand our portfolio to make sure that we're representing crackheads as well. Like, no, they're, they're not. Their what, diligence what process done, is a little bit more rigorous than that. What they've done, I, I believe, is correctly analyze the U.S. system. Yeah. And they understand that if you go and work with Wall Street, with the Chamber of Commerce, with groups on both sides of the aisle, on the Republican side of the aisle, there's a group called uh, the Club for Growth. Yeah, I, I call it the Club for Chinese Growth. Club because for it's China literally growth, like China 100%. first, America last, dis and then, disaster. And then on the left, you can find people like the Bidens, et cetera. So you play both sides so that you're basically counter-programming American politics to put the left and the right in your pocket. Well, and that's the difference for between like on the dollar. Republicans and America first. Republicans and MAGA. Like Trump understood that, which is why he actually took on China. And that's why you got results. Well, and this is The where... other guys like, we talk kind of about it, but you know, my billionaire donor, you know, this is you know a problem I see with most of these guys who are dependent on those billionaire donors. You saw it with the DeSantis flip-flop. It's like, well, guess what, man? That guy may be like, I love America, but like if they can get their widget for one cent cheaper in China, they're doing it, and well, they're going to call in that favor, and they're going to make sure that those controlled politicians 
and this is do whatever they want, which what, is why what, that what swamp just, and the establishment donor class doesn't want Trump because they lose that ability because he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't need their money. What you just said, it it it's that's basically the same formulation that has characterized Chinese relations with the West for over yeah. two hundred years. Yeah. It's it's what, going back to the British Empire and the Opium Wars. Why did the British conduct the Opium Wars? Because they wanted to open it up for British business, the East India Company, to get into yeah. the Chinese market. That's the same thing. It's the same exact thing that we're doing right now. So that we are willing for our business interests to get in there. But the problem is, and this is something where. You can go back to the 1980s and find a guy by the name of Donald Trump saying, don't give them favored nation status, don't put them in the World Trade Organization, yep. don't let them get into NAFTA because they're getting in behind through Mexico and yep. Canada, which all the Chinese deal. It's been remarkably Canada. consistent. It's, 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 it's extremely consistent. And I say this all the time. I know we talked about it the last time I was here as well, but it just bears repeating because people miss out because there's always so much news yep. that, you, that the, the two essential elements of all of MAGA are trade and immigration. These are the two rails yeah. that every other establishment politician, and war is actually a function of both, interestingly yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a function of trade, at which becomes a function of, in, of mm -hmm. immigration. That these are the two issues which only somebody who understands not politics, but business yeah. and the way the world works and the way money flows could accurately assess and I've always said, I think that's Trump's greatest, beyond you know the, the stuff yeah. we all think is funny and the memes, that, yeah. that his greatest political strength was understanding that those are the two issues, by the way, where you can unite people on the left and the right. 100%. Because there's nobody that looks out there and says, you know, we need more illegal immigrants. We, and, and, yeah. and I want more people taking jobs away from Americans at yeah. Disney. I want to say your American Valley. dream to China. That's a wonderful concept. Say, no, what? Okay, but you see are that you now playing me? out. We got a Republican primary going on. We do, right? You you, you see, sort of. You, well, yeah, but <laughs> but hey, listen. There's hundreds of millions of dollars spent to try to take out Trump to preserve that, right? For that for that donor class. Oh, that system is working top. great. That's not for the for the donor class and the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, that's party. not for the America First actual just gravy, like hardworking guy. The gravy is running down the train. So gravy is running down the train. What do you? What's the inside baseball on the process of what's going on right now? What do you think the dirty tricks that are going to be played? Because like I said. There's literally hundreds of millions of dollars out there basically to just try to take out Trump to stick in any one of the other guys. Well, at this there's point two. Left. So there's there's two lines of effort that are currently being run to take out Trump. One of them is traditional. One of them is unconventional. The traditional line of attack is to find a candidate. Originally, uh, the donor class had lined up behind Ron DeSantis. This is why, by the way. Um, his gubernatorial campaign raised far more money than they ever needed because the plan all along was to transfer that over to the, the super PAC, never back down, uh, transfer as much as they were legally able to, and then that would become the, so it's sort of like raising money for a national campaign in, in, yeah. in plain sight, yeah. which, which some of us paid attention to in Yeah, you see, well, you see it because you understand the game. I, I saw it and it's like, this is clearly what's happening. And as a, as a resident of Florida, I'm like, it'd be nice to have a governor that was president actually, because like you sort of did run that like, so, you were gonna actually govern for four years. And within about three months of being elected, it's like, I'm running for president. What's I'm interesting, on the, the permanent book tour. So because that money is all lined up, they thought, a lot of these people thought that they'd be getting a quick ROI for, on it but it's actually been the opposite. So the more money that the DeSantis campaign has spent, the lower his polls have gone, which is actually the inverse of what normally happens. Well, to politics. get to know Ron is probably to dislike Ron. And I say that as someone who did a lot for him in 18, like I spent 
probably three weeks on the campaign trail with him, like, you know, helping get over it. Like, he was going to lose to, a like, a crackhead, meth, you know, meth head. What is it with these crackheads? Yeah, I don't understand. In, in the Democrats Democrat really have yeah. a, a lot, but he was going to lose that thing. I spent a lot. Central casting. You can see, so that's why I was like, the, the image that's been created online by the sort of the paid influencers, you know, he's this, he's, that. like, if you actually sit, and you've probably done it, you've, you, you actually sit down and it's like, wow, that's not that guy. You, you can create something in a marketing campaign, but that's not the interpersonal. There's a, there's a, there's a, a, an idea of Ron DeSantis, and then there's Ron DeSantis. Correct. And, and I have argued, actually, that he would be, he would probably benefit from uh, sort of eschewing that, you know, manufactured image and just sort of embracing himself more yeah. and just, just stop trying to be someone you're not. Um, you know, just talk policy. Just you want to talk policy. You can tell when he talks to Tucker, he gets excited when he's talking about policy. So just be yourself. Be known as the policy guy. Do podcasts. Go out there and like the work we're doing right now. Do long form podcasts where you talk about policy more. Do adversarial media. Go out there again. Just go out and be yourself. That would be the one piece of advice. And I mean that truly. I do mean that truly. Um, that you would be doing much better if you just did that instead of trying to do this weird. Well, they're trying to be like. They're trying to do... Be all things to all people. Yeah, well, be all things to all attack. people, but they're also trying to be Trump. Right. Like, and it's like just, you, it, you, you're either Trump or you're... Like, no, Trump's a unique guy, no, right? Be, be there's the plenty best of Asa Ron Hutchinson's. You don't, you don't need... You know, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a billion of them in Washington, D.C., right? You know, like, be the best Trump's kind of unique. It's hard to just be. be Trump. And, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone can do that. I really don't. I mean, you'd be the close, obviously. You know, funny enough. Um, but 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 that would be that. But you know, so now with the, with those donors, to get back to the lay of the land, what they're now attempting to do is say, and and Fox and Friends has had had a, a recent very interesting segment which I posted where they were sort of talking about where is the donor class going to go now? Is it is it Glenn Youngkin? Is it Tim Scott, who I also think shot himself in the foot over Ukraine, talking about the yeah. the need to defend the world order? It's like. Excuse me. <laughs> like, I was like, have you, have you seen anything that the Republican base? You know that. Yeah. Is, have you, you, know, have let's you call spent Seventy-five percent of the Republicans actually think. I mean, that's, that seems like the wrong sale. It's like, but, do you spend any time with like regular people? But that's like, like is, so, is there such a thing as MAGA light? Because I don't think that exists. I think people see through it. Why would maybe you, they try to be a little bit of that, but it never really. Why would you go see a, a tribute band when the main band is still playing next door? Yeah. Next door, like everyone wants tickets for the real thing. You know, this was why nobody wanted New Coke. This is why nobody wanted, you know, the, these these other like knockoff brands. Like, I don't want Mr. Pibb. I want Dr. Pepper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. No offense to Mr. Pibb. I do actually like Mr. Pibb. But but it's it's you get what I'm saying. There 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 is a power in brand. There's a power in authenticity. Um, this is why you want those things. And so uh, that that's the issue on the the conventional side. Yep. And, and I'll just I'll just spell it out. There is no conventional way to defeat Donald Trump in this primary. There is no conventional way, period, full stop. They will not find a way to dislodge him. Maybe there was a little bit months ago. There was a little bit of an opening, but now I don't see it. That Yeah, well... It, and, and so this is what I was going to say, though. And this is why there's also an unconventional method that's going on right now, and that's called the Department of Justice. Yeah. That's called indictments and that's and specifically the next indictment that we are going to see is not just uh about boxes in mar-a-lago yeah. and were they classified or were they unclass whatever right we're not not even any of that and it's not alvin bragg and whatever you think georgia up there it, it will be a combination of georgia 
and January 6th mm -hmm. in what I believe, and this is what, and I've, and I've had Julie Kelly on, and we've, we've gone through this at length, it will be, and if you look at those charges of the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, what were they charged with? They were charged with seditious conspiracy, seditious conspiracy against the United States. And they, they say all of these actions that were taken, if you read those charging documents, they get into way more than just January 6th. Oh yeah, I mean, it, they're insane, but so is everything else we're seeing these so they, days. So they're it, trying to criminalize, essentially, the effort to question the election of 2020. Mm -hmm. So and by criminalizing that, by labeling it as a seditious conspiracy, then you can create the conditions for all of the activity that took place from November all the way through January 6th as a conspiracy. January 6th then becomes an insurrection, right? This is why that word was yes. pumped oh, out yeah, that, that, over and over. That word was the, uh, that was and pumped to every get, person in the media you, and, and all the what, sentences were the same. And, and, and Norm Eisen, which is a name that everybody should remember, and Darren Beatty was the first to really raise his name. Yeah. Norm Eisen has already started beating the drum on this and he's written some uh, pieces and op-eds in academic and legal journals that haven't gone very loud and haven't gone very far, but what he said is, if you can convict Donald Trump in a D.C. jury, which guess what, yeah. if you put him before a D.C. jury, you're going to get a conviction. Um, if you can convict him of a seditious conspiracy that led to an insurrection, then it will trigger something called the Disqualification Clause of the 14th Amendment, which was originally written for Civil War like Confederate officials so that they couldn't run for government again after yeah. the states had been brought back into the Union. And if you trigger the 14th Amendment clause against Trump, they'll say you can't be on the ballot yeah. because you've been convicted of rebellion against the United States. And they will try to strip him of the ability to actually go on the ballot and be in the primary to begin with. And if this yeah. happens, now, first of all, something like that would obviously go to the How Supreme come no Court. one's talking about that other than... Other than, meaning, like it's, it's, it's sort of clear. I mean, I, I sort of feel that way, meaning it's, they know see, they can't beat him, so they got to keep going ahead. They're, that He's the only threat to, you know, the uniparty. Right. right. Meaning there's no, the average Republican, they don't care if it's them or someone else. As long as it, they can look, make their deals, and then, it then it'll be their turn, and then it's their turn again. They just take, you know, there's no accountability if you don't win or look, you don't do the things you said. I get like, that we it see sounds far-fetched. I don't think it sounds far-fetched at, at all. This like, point, has anyone been watching? Like, this if you've point, been watching, how is that far-fetched? Would far -fetched? you, if you, at this point, would you put anything past them? Of course not. Like, would I don't you put even anything think past that's, them? I don't even think that's, like, moderately conspiratorial. And but it's based their on, words. It's their words. Based on everything, not only their actions, but on everything else go, that they've go, done. Go read Look at what they've done to the January 6th people. Yeah. You know, peaceful protesters locked up without due process for years. They hide the exculpatory evidence for years. Like, if we did this as prosecutors anywhere else, we'd be disbarred but and thrown in jail. That's what I'm they're the is. government, so they can do that, and they'll figure out whatever angle, and they'll back into the result that they want, because there's no one holding them accountable. No. There's no one that doesn't agree with whatever it is that they want to do, or there's no one willing, perhaps no one that has the balls to actually challenge uh, you know, those positions. And so everyone sits back and say, hey, if I challenge that, they'll come after me, they'll come after my family next, right. like they did this. So, I mean, the Oath Keeper stuff, it's insane to me, but they are laying down the gauntlet. They're showing you, and they're if you question their authority, the ladder. Yeah, if you question They're their authority, their this up. is what's going to happen to you. So fall in line 
capitulate don't speak fully. Out, go home. Don't speak out. Right. I mean, you know, I think this should be, uh, and certainly amongst you know our people, this should be probably the most talked about story out there. But it, it gets almost no track. Like people aren't seeing that far ahead. But again, based on everything we've seen for the last seven years. How can you not be thinking this? This is remember this you were you were thrown out of academia if you said, "Hey, do you think the virus started in Wuhan lab that studies <laughs> the fucking virus in question?" Like, yeah, oh my god, to, how dare you? They go to Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford and they knock him out. But I, I I look at this and I see it's like I said before about about building the case up to Al Capone. Well, look at it for their lens, right? Yeah. They view Donald Trump as the Al Capone. Mm-hmm. So to them, the January 6th defendants, uh, the, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, that's them working their way up the chain. And the culmination of this, again, with, with the Gen 6 committee and yeah. the reason to get all, all of the sort of normies out there, who there, there's probably a 30, 31% of the country that does believe January 6th was an insurrection. Um, and I, I actually agreed with Pence when he said like, well, there was a rally and there was a riot. And I, that's, like, that's fair, that's fair. I mean, we can agree on that. There was violence. We can argue about who started the violence, but <laughs> but that's a yeah. different conversation. You, know, you, you hear the stuff now about, about, about who how many feds the were in there, right, 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 what they right. knew and what they were trying to do. I mean, I had Darren Beatty on the show. He does Which, great on the show. Because, and, I, and I'd love and to like, talk about that right. You know? you, well, I'd love to talk about it. I'd love to talk about, like, you know, how come no one's even interested in the bombs that were left at the DNC right. and the RNC? And then you, you he takes you, I mean, he was on, you know, two weeks ago. You know, he, he takes you through the step by step. I'm like, and, you know, I've seen... I've gone and trained with the Secret Service, and I've seen the dogs in action. I got in the bite suit, like you know, and, and both the attack dogs as well as the bomb sniffing dogs. Like, a Secret Service dog isn't missing a bomb under a bench, and you know, two feet from the DNC, no. and what? Like, no way! It's just not possible, right? Hillary Clinton's lawyers aren't supporting uh, a Republican insurrectionist like Ray Epps, unless. Uh, you know, there's so much more there, but no, no one wants if, to ask the question. If they push this this plot forward, and, and we know that Eisen is working with Jack Smith, uh, Andrew Weissman, your old buddy, is very, very well involved. That's the in guy this. that wanted to put me in jail for treason, just so you guys um, understand. You know, a crime punishable by death. He but this literally is like my posted, average Tuesday. Literally at this point. posted on Twitter every day that he wants you in jail for er, for treason. Um, that he's he's probably like, oh my gosh, I haven't I haven't tweeted it yet. Um, that. If they, if, and, and I, I think if it goes to the Supreme Court, I, I do believe that they would strike it down because it's just, it's just too crazy. But if they, and I'm gonna say this, if they tried to take Trump off the ballot, it would blow this country apart. It would blow this country apart oh, yeah, no, it, at the seams. Are there other stories like that that we're missing that, you know, that, that aren't getting sort of the coverage that it need? Well, you mentioned Lindsey Graham before and this, this notion of his to introduce a resolution into the United States Senate that he's working with Blumenthal on, a Democrat, to introduce a, a basically de facto Article 5 for Ukraine, which is not a, a NATO member, mm-hmm. but basically says that if, if any type of uh, nuclear weapon or tactical nuke or any nuclear plant, because so what they said is nuclear incident. The phrase they use is nuclear incident. With this Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, which Russia took very early on, shut it down, put, disconnected from the grid, reactor is still there. Six reactors, biggest nuclear plant in all of Europe. Um, you know, just, and, and, you know, yeah, minor details. And if you know anything about, you know anything about, about Ukraine's history with nuclear plants. Not, uh, not, not awesome? Not the best. L- less than awesome. Um, but that was the Soviet era, et cetera. Okay. So, if there were an incident that it would trigger Article 5, which would require U.S. troops 
to go to war in Ukraine, and then you had a president who had just activated, say, 3,000 hmm. reservists to go to a country that was immediately bordering Ukraine, yeah. then you might think as though we're on a trajectory towards yeah, going- Yeah, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? What's the worst that could happen? No, it's, it's clear that there is a trajectory towards direct U.S. involvement in Ukraine. And I, I see it with, and I say this as, as a guy of Polish descent, that you know, I can certainly see where you know, it would start as, we're gonna, start, we're gonna establish a NATO safe zone or a NATO corridor, and it's gonna be around the West, and, and a NATO peacekeeping force is going to deploy to protect, you, yeah. you, can, you, can see, you can see it, you can hear, you can see the headlines, you can hear it, and it's gonna be an international NATO force, and we're not gonna you know, in, be involved in direct attacks on Russia, and it is a recipe for World War III. Yeah. It's a recipe for World War III because you take a proxy war that we're already in. No, we're, we're, it's not, with, way, it's not a proxy war. It's actually anymore. not a proxy war. A proxy war, war right. implies that we don't already have boots on the ground, which right. we found which we out. Do. From by the Jack, way, Jack in, in other, uh, another person that just magically disappeared. Right. Uh, we haven't heard anything because, again, the establishment is fine with this notion that we actually have, have a boots on the ground war beyond the, you know, multiple hundred billion dollar so, so you take that. proxy war. And then at the same time, when you find that we don't have artillery shells anymore, which, oh, that's nice, that, or that the president yeah. just, so it's like, by the way, if Red Dawn actually happened right now and like the Chinese and Russian militaries came up through Mexico, as happens in uh, the movie by Amanda Milius' yeah, father, of John Milius. Um, one of the great movies of all time. The, of I think the, the remake was not no, the same. No, the remake but the, no the original Red Dawn was Maybe the great movie of my childhood, along look, with the original Top Gun. Look, remember, uh, remember the scene. The, we all remember the scene. The dad's at the fence, and he's yeah. like, "Now you know why I was tough on you, boy." Uh, we, we need more of that, by the way. Also, avenge it? me. <laughs> so true. You know, and it's it's just it hits you. Yeah. It hits well, you. Well, yeah, we don't have basic munitions, so, the basic, so the our solution is, is if that well, happens, let's send them cluster bombs. Which, what by would the way, we actually fight back in with the past. Right now, was an act of war. Was an act of war. And, you know, criminal, said. and like all this stuff. Now it's like, oh well, we just we ran out of like nine millimeters, so we'll send them cluster bombs. So like the question like, is, uh, and this is where, and I'll, I'll bring up Mearsheimer here, because he, he, this is Mearsheimer's warning, and we talk about this on human events all the time, but he says, as a country, the current trajectory of the United States and our allies, as, as Darren calls it, the globalist American empire, is to, is, is we're already embroiled in, a, in this, this, this proxy war with Russia on the territory of Ukraine, at the same time that it seems like we're dangerously escalating with China, vis-a-vis -vis the territory of Taiwan, yeah. we don't have the ability with the military as currently constituted, not even to get into all those problems. We need more trans-military members fighting because we're gonna Putin will be very threatened. He will, Xi, he will, Xi see, will just surrender they will when see he sees- The strength of our diversity. Yeah, and, and our pronouns. <laughs> and our pronouns. And they'll say, we do Mandarin. not want any of this. Uh, that's Actually, funny. Be somebody, somebody, uh, one of the one of the candidates said something yesterday about. I think it may have been Ron DeSantis. Now that I think about it, and it just actually occurred to me that he said something about learning pronouns in Mandarin, and it struck me as funny at the time, and I didn't pick up on it, and it actually just occurs to me now as we're recording this, the reason why it struck me as funny, because the pronouns in, and I, I speak Mandarin, the pronouns in Mandarin are all the same. Uh, in, in verbal Mandarin, it's it's he, her, she, it. It's all the same word, ta, 
<laughs> so, and written is a little bit different. They, so they do have genders, but it's actually all the same in right. Mandarin. So funny enough, actually, Ron, the Chinese have already beaten us on that. Because yeah. they're all yeah, the same they're, they're already there. They only have one. They only have one pronoun, which is a yeah. little bit. I was like, in Tanzania with my son a couple weeks ago, and I wanted yeah. to, one of our guys was taking us through words far. Like, I wanted to be like, hey, can you go into that Maasai village and just explain to them the idea of, uh, you know. This is the Matt they, Walsh they, thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. But, like, I was literally. And no, he does that in the I was movie. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, even see no, that. That's it was so funny. But it was just that, yeah. with friends, and we were there, and it was like, I got to see, you know, people living with nothing, you know, cattle herders and goat herders and all. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. But, by the way, much happier than any of the. Uh, you know, purple-haired freaks that we see in America, these with nothing, they seem to be very content in life and smiling and having a great time. But I was like, I just want to hear their reaction to it. And so, well, like, no, this okay, is this is. I, I, I have to out. give him credit because that's a scene. In, it's it's in the movie where he goes in and, and he's and he's talking to the, like the tribes, but it's and it's uh, you know and they and, and the reaction he goes. So so do you believe a, a man can uh, can become a woman? And the it's like the elder is just like. Yeah, we have a, we have a, if, if like, what's are, this guy's problem? If these are one of our concerns, you have it too good. Like, if, if that's what you're worried about in life, you you have it too easy. Like, where are you from? It's it, there's a, there's a funny story going back to China about um you know the first Chinese emperor that meets and is learning about the West and he's he's being told by his you know his, his couriers and his eunuchs about what the West is like and, and, and he says so so explain this to me um one your your two leading countries uh, one of them is a country that changes their leader every four years. Um, as opposed to being, you know, the child of God, as I am, and another one is an island that's ruled by a woman. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, why would I take you guys one. seriously? Yeah, yeah, all and right. then and then they roll in with the, with you with the cannons. I know we're all a turning point, so we got to get we're all running around. But uh, yes, should Trump do the debates? Oh, man, look, there's there's the policy like political operative side of me that says when you're this many points up in a debate, you can't win. You can't. Um, you can't uh, uh, win anymore because you're already at. Yeah, like do you give Christie? Do you give Chris you Christie give three to hours to work with you? writers to crap on you for like that's all they're doing? You know what I mean? Like we'll make ourselves relevant by. But crapping I gotta on say, you. I gotta say, that you're, you're in it for the memes. I'm in it for the memes. <laughs> uh, you need, you need, a, and and by the way, I, I would also say though, from an operative perspective, there's not just one election. There's two. Yeah. There's the primary election and then there's the general election. So from a primary election standpoint, it makes no sense to do the debates. From a general election standpoint, he stands to win everything by doing these debates. Because having the champ get in the ring and just light up these jabronis one after one after one, Ric Flair style, throwing them out, just throwing them out, just throwing them out. I think that's something that's going to break out. I think that's something that your your UFC fans, um, your non-political people are going to see. It, everybody loves that Trump. You got to do at least one, man. Yeah. You got to do at least one. Right. Guys, check out Jeff Sobek all over the place, everywhere on social and everything like that. Uh, follow him on Human Events. Go check that out. They're doing great work. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Uh, download the Rumble app so other people can see this kind of news. Without you guys doing that, it's not going to go anywhere. So appreciate your help there. Also, make sure to go check out our incredible sponsors. Go to DonJuniorGold.com to learn how precious metals, precious metal IRAs, etc., can help diversify your portfolio and protect against stupidity, the insanity we see going on, inflation, dollar devaluation, bank collapses. Just go to donjuniorgold.com, D-O-N-J-R gold.com to learn more and to protect yourselves 
your family's financial well-being. We see the writing on the wall. Go check it out and just learn. Figure out what's going on, make an informed and educated decision, and these guys will take you through it step by step so you can make the right decisions for yourselves and your families. That's D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com. Also, guys, we're all going to be drinking coffee pretty much, okay? If not, <laughs> I don't know how you make it through the day. Go check out our incredible sponsors at Blackout Coffee. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash D-O-N-J-R. There's a common theme here, folks. Uh, go check them out. Get 20% off your first order. This is an American-owned, family-run business. They do it all right here in the great state of Florida. Create an incredible product. I think you're going to love it. I know I do. So go check it out. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash Don Jr. And guys, support the companies who are supporting your values, your beliefs. That's how we do it, guys. That's how we fight back, by actually helping those who are unafraid by sharing this with other people and making sure that those values aren't frowned upon uh, like they are in the corporate world. So check out our incredible sponsors. We really appreciate them. You guys are the best, and we'll see you soon.